Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discoveryland. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. A Disaster. Walt's Folly. Black Sunday. Not the descriptors you think of when Disneyland comes to mind. But on opening day, Sunday, July 17, 1955, the park suffered numerous mishaps and bad press. The unveiling of Disneyland was a momentous occasion. It was the culmination of years of planning, hard work, millions of dollars spent, a year-long publicity campaign, and no shortage of stress for all involved. Of course, presenting the $17 million park to the public, both the 28,000 people in attendance and the 70 million people watching from home, was bound to have a few issues along the way. The genesis of Disneyland goes back to 1932, when Walt Disney considered building a family park near his studios in Burbank, California. When that did not pan out, he put the idea on the back burner. In 1952, he founded WED Enterprises, an acronym of his full name, Walter Elias Disney. This was the precursor to Walt Disney Imagineering. The division would include the talented and creative members of his studio who would begin putting together ideas for a Disney park. In 1953, he hired the Stanford Research Institute to scout locations and conduct studies to determine where his park could thrive. Rather quickly, Walt settled on Anaheim, California. 38 miles south of Burbank, this plot of 160 acres of farmland was located just off the Santa Ana Freeway. It consisted primarily of orange groves. The next step would be to secure funding for the site and the construction of the park. Walt and his brother Roy Disney worked quickly in order to turn the park into a reality. Walt met with the American Broadcasting Company, better known as ABC, to pitch them on a partnership. He brought with him an artist's rendering of Disneyland, created by Disney artist Herb Ryman, to try and sell them on the idea. Sure enough, ABC agreed to commit $7 million to fund the park in exchange for a 34% share in Disneyland, as well as the rights to use the Disney name and intellectual property. Disney would also create the television series Walt Disney's Disneyland for the network, which would air weekly and showcase the details of what guests could expect at Disneyland. Smaller investors also provided funding in exchange for shares of the park, including Walt Disney himself who borrowed $50,000 against the security of his life insurance policy and by selling his second home. Walt originally owned 17% of Disneyland. Over the years, Disney would purchase back these shares and become the sole owner of the park, with all involved capitalizing handsomely on their investments. As construction was well underway and Walt Disney was coming into people's homes weekly, 
via the Disneyland TV show on ABC, there was a mad dash to complete the park. Only one year was given for construction on the site of the 160-acre orchard. Disneyland would feature themed lands to help create the storytelling that Walt Disney was famous for. Guests would enter through a main gate, which would lead to two tunnels and a train station overhead. Here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy, the plaques above the tunnels declared. Upon re-emerging, guests would appear on Main Street, USA. Walt's intent with Main Street was to recreate his boyhood home of Marceline, Missouri, as he remembered it from the turn of the century. As they walked up to Main Street towards the castle beckoning on the opposite end, they would approach the hub. The hub is where the other land sprouted from. To the west of the hub was Adventureland, where guests would experience the wilds of the jungle. Adjacent to it was Frontierland, which told the story of the American West. To the east was Tomorrowland, which would depict the far-off future of 1986, when a trip to the moon would be an everyday occurrence. And to the north behind Splendorous Sleeping Beauty Castle was Fantasyland, which was a collection of rides based on Disney's most well-known animated features. Of course, the construction of each of these lands and the 20 attractions therein were faced with numerous obstacles, especially given the tight schedule. There was a mad dash to find sponsors for Tomorrowland's attractions, which resulted in the likes of the Monsanto Hall of Chemistry and Kaiser's Hall of Aluminum fame. A plumber's strike meant that there was a struggle to get the restrooms and water fountains operational. When confronted with the choice of finishing the restrooms or the fountains, Walt said, Well, you know they could drink Coke and Pepsi, but they can't pee in the streets. Finish the restrooms. The big day finally came on Sunday, July 17, 1955. It was intended to be a preview prior to the true opening day of July 18th, with the press, celebrities, public figures, and guests of Walt Disney in attendance. And that's where things started to go wrong. 15,000 tickets had been provided for the media event, and over 28,000 people showed up. Counterfeit tickets had apparently been spread, and the new park was overwhelmed by the sheer number of people trying to cram in. This wasn't helped by one entrepreneur with a ladder who charged people $5 to sneak them in over one of the perimeter walls. The tickets also had time slots in which visitors were allowed to be in the park, but those who entered earlier refused to leave when their window closed. Traffic backed up for miles on the freeway, causing an hours-long traffic jam. Reportedly, people began exiting their cars to take bathroom breaks on the freeway and even in the Disneyland parking lot. The situation was not much better inside the gates. The freshly poured asphalt on the walkways was still soft by the time guests entered, and women's high heels were getting stuck. Workers were still painting, and the paint on many surfaces was still wet. Apparently, there hadn't been time to pull weeds that began growing in Fantasyland, so Walt directed his staff to place signs with Latin plant names around them. There was also a shortage of food and drinks at the parks' concession stands and restaurants, due in part to the unexpected number of visitors. 
The overwhelmed rides were also breaking down, leading to upset guests. In fact, the Mark Twain riverboat had been loaded beyond its capacity and became unstable and nearly sank. Some of the rides, such as Rocket to the Moon, weren't finished and were unable to be opened. Additionally, there was a gas leak and Adventureland, Frontierland, and Fantasyland had to be shut down for a while. A fire broke out near Sleeping Beauty Castle, and on top of all of this, it was a scorching hot day, well over 100 degrees. The opening day festivities of Disneyland were broadcast live by ABC. It was co-hosted by Ark Linkletter, Bob Cummings, and Ronald Reagan. The broadcast followed Walt Disney as he dedicated Disneyland and each of the park's lands. It showcased the parade, entertainment around the park, the christening of attractions, and various political figures and celebrities. California Governor Goodwin Knight, Fess Parker, Sammy Davis Jr., and Frank Sinatra were on hand. The 90-minute broadcast was plagued by its own problems, such as guests tripping on cables, cues being missed, and the show running late, which came at the expense of adequate coverage of Adventureland. It also had Bob Cummings making out with a woman before realizing he was on the air. 70 million people tuned into the broadcast, which was significant given the population of 165 million Americans at the time. It was a monumental event in television history. As of this recording, the Disneyland opening day broadcast can still be seen in full on YouTube. Despite its opening day woes, it wouldn't be long before the kinks were worked out and Disneyland quickly became a very successful and profitable endeavor. Today, it is known as the happiest place on earth and it has welcomed millions upon millions of guests in its 64-year history. The park has grown, evolved, and changed over the decades and it has been a source of inspiration and joy for many who have entered those twin tunnels beyond the Mickey Mouse floral at the entrance. As Disneyland marks yet another anniversary, Walt's famous quote about the park comes to mind. Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America, with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at discoverylandvc. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day.
We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.